Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. The 2017 season has drawn to a close. The Melbourne Storm dominated all year, and it's quite fitting that uh, they dominated the grand final box head 34 to 6 victory over the North Queensland Cowboys. They did, yeah. We uh, well, we predicted that they'd win, um, and we predicted that they'd probably win quite comfortably, and it turned out that way. The Cowboys had their moments, but you know, early doors when fencing went off, it just didn't look like it was going to be their night and it, did, it panned out that way. Uh, Melbourne were a lot better in that game than what they were in their previous two finals. Um, they probably played a little bit nervous for me in week one and week three, but once they got to the big dance, they uh, they really put the pedal to the metal. Yeah, well, I think overall, like we said, it's it's a fitting conclusion. 20 wins, they, died, they won through the Origin Series. I looked at it today. They won their first five, then they went eight from 12, and then 10 uh, ten in a row, ten in a row to finish yeah. off. So, thirty-one plays used and thirty-two by the Cowboys. They're both heavily Origin affected, plus some injuries at different times. That's the most used by two Grand Final sides ever. But it speaks. But to that's the, a false economy because it's not injuries. I get that, but it, well, it was for the North Queensland Cowboys, and it was also end. through the luxury of being able to rest. So uh, it's false economy for me. Like it's not like well, not for the Cowboys. It's not like they've really, yeah, well, for the Cowboys, no, but for the Storm, it is. Melbourne did have some injuries though. Tohu Harris missed yeah. 12 games this season. Bromwich, McLean had a broken jaw. There's guys that missed five or six games here or there, but I think it speaks to the depth but of the But how squad. many did they not have available in that grand final? Well, you could basically say only two players. Who? Welch was part of the bench to start the year. He wouldn't have played. Blair's place was taken by Scott once he got injured. Chase Blair. And I yeah, think he wouldn't he... have played over Ch- uh, Scott anyway. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that so, either. So, yeah, they, they had their top 17 available, the Cowboys and uh, – sorry, the Storm. And yeah, not arguing. It was that. reflective on the scoreboard. Yeah, dominant performance. Before we get into those games, and obviously the lower-grade games, congratulations to Manly, eighth place, winning the 20s over Parramatta. Uh, and obviously Panthers, very dominant in the state championship over the Are Hunters. Are going to talk about the 20s game? Yeah, only very slightly. But yeah, Luke, Luke Burt, good way to throw a comp down the road, mate. We'll, we'll get a little bit more into that for uh, any of the Parramatta fans out there. But set oh, of yeah. six, last one for the year. Uh, tackle one here. I want to get the negative out of the way first of all. But Gus Gould, someone that I respect his opinion. He's one of the, probably if not the brightest mind in rugby league. But the last two years... I don't understand what it is now. If I don't know if it's since he's got back involved with Penrith or whatnot, but he's thrown shade on. Well, he's been involved back at Penrith for seven years. I so. know that, but in particular, the last two years, he's thrown shade on two premierships, and I think it's just very salty, to be honest, from uh, somebody in his position and the fact that he's... What was his one. argument last year? It was a weak Last comp. year, he's dropped in that they won a weak comp, the Sharks. Well, this year, I think this year's competition was a lot weaker than last year's. Yeah, but even in general, you won the NRL Premiership, the top... Yeah, I get it, I get it. But what I'm saying is it's a stupid argument because this year's comp was widely acknowledged as, a, as to be a weak comp. You know, like, look at the Cowboys. Be, Melbourne, right. Melbourne were the only tier one side in this year's competition. I take nothing away from them, right? But the other 15 teams really need to have a look in the mirror, in my opinion. Last year, 
when we went into the finals, I legitimately thought six teams could have won that competition. Yeah, this year, it was Melbourne, you know, and maybe the Roosters. I certainly didn't expect the Cowboys to make the grand final. I don't think anyone, hand on heart, would say that they expected the Cowboys to make the grand final. No. So I think that's a flawed argument to start with. I agree with you that it's salty. I agree with you that, you know, and we're going to get into this aspect of it, is that it's a conflict of interest for him to be working at Penrith and also commenting on the game. But I think it's a conflict of interest for Peter Sterling to be working with the Blues and comment, commentating on the game. Yeah, but on the same time of that, you've got Queensland and New South Wales people in the box that go both ways. I don't really. like it. So, I don't like it either, but that's just a fact of like life. It. But this more particularly, even during the week, Storm are overrated. Mate, they won 20 games of 24. They got through the origin period heavily decimated, showed the depth from the kids that they've built. And, they, and, and okay, of those four losses... Two of them came with their full squad. The other one was a Pierce uh, field goal. Yeah, and what was the, the other one? Players, and the other one was Parramatta without the okay, Origin yeah. players. So they yeah. had two losses. Par- Parramatta one was a fair, like a fair loss during Origin. Parramatta didn't have many out, but you know the Roosters won. That was a game Melbourne should have won. Bell- Bellamy was furious after that game. Oh, 100%. So it should really have only been three games. Still minus six kids. Yeah. So if you take the two Origin games out, they've I, got two. I don't understand what, like aside from those two finals, that I thought Melbourne were really... Uh, average in, in particularly the Parramatta game, which they still managed to win. The Brisbane game, I know it was a really poor first half, but they really put one the pedal down in the second nil. half, one by 30. I'm not sure what else he wants to see from Melbourne. But this is what I'm getting at. The Last year, the Sharks thing... Same as the origin argument. You know, was... Like he sort of said, it's an origin series we should win. And we go around in circles every year. It's an origin series we should win. We should have done this. Should have... We fucking didn't. We didn't win it. No. But what I'm getting at here, like, he throws shade at the Sharks last year. They won a tough comp. They did it the hard way. They limped into the finals. We well, look at that grand final. They got on a hot the grand streak. final on Sunday. They knocked over the Raiders, and then they marched on from there. They got the away from home. to go into the grand final as well, and then yeah. they've gone to the, the grand defending final. premiers, the Cowboys, who yeah. had their full complement of players available, and then they've knocked and then they Melbourne. beat Melbourne. So, again, you can make the argument that, you know, Slater wasn't there, it was a couple other guys, but different year, different story. Good competition, good win. To say it's weak. And it's a little bit strange because Penrith went to Canberra the week after and in couldn't manage what the Sharks did the week before. Exactly. So what are you saying about Penrith? That's what I'm trying to get at here. And, and then, then this year, Penrith were, to me, out of the eight teams that made the finals, they were the team that underachieved this year. Well, they've under- Based on their what we expected of them prior to the commencement of the season. Well, I, I, I'm not too sure what the agenda is. Over, like. Overrated, though. And everything the other night and everything, always through gritted teeth, almost like he doesn't want to pay a compliment or he's got an issue with their side of things, they're boring, oh, they wrestle, they do this, everybody does all that shit. But my main problem is the saltiness, you're involved with the club, you're also more than anything for me an ambassador for the game and one of the main calls on the Channel 9 games. So why are you always trying to shit on the accomplishments of the Premier or bring the competition down or make comments like that in such a big and positive week? Mm. That's what I don't get. But on the flip side of that, like take a look in your own fucking backyard. Your New South Wales Cup team the other day showed the depth and some of the guys that should have been playing that we said all year. Yeah. Mitch Rain wasn't playing. Kakao's killed it. Akawali, you're playing guys like fucking Tim Brown. Katoa's okay. a good footballer, but he's barely getting her off the bench. He carried a bloody utility winger in Peter Hiku, and you sacked the wrong coach. Stop mm. being salty for your own fuck-ups. You've done a great job rebuilding the junior pass. I'm not denying that whatsoever, but to try and shit yeah, on other I don't think I don't think that's entirely... Gus, there's a lot of people that are in development well, pathways that have also done that job. the one pulling most of the strings at the top. We all know that. So for yeah. a lot of the decisions that... He deserves a lot of the credit, I but I, I also think he's, his legacy at Penrith will be getting the right people into the joint. And he's got a lot of 
smart people in the right areas to assist him, no well, doubt. Certainly um, got rid of the wrong coach. And like I said, yeah, you I, won't I get an a, argument out of me. I have a bigger problem here, like oh, throwing shade on someone else's premiership. How about your side? This year in particular, premiership favourites. I don't care about the premiership market. That means nothing to me. Yeah, but this is my point. So how do we how do we justify them. having him on there making comment when he's clearly got an agenda? Look. He can't have an unbiased opinion because exactly. whether he likes it or not, he's associated with a club. But to say that this team, even this year, like just the comments are ridiculous. They're overrated. They were first in attack, first in defence. They've built up all these kids and gone and recruited, particularly the last few years, to prepare for the future. But I, but I don't understand what the point is. So what's the point? Once the game's finished, they've won the comp, what's the point of saying that they're underrated, well, uh, overrated? I don't understand last year and this year. So what does that say about the rest of the teams in the competition would be my argument? They just won the grand final, 34-6. to six. Yeah, well, and same as last year's. I don't get it, what he's going for. But more than anything, as an ambassador of the NRL and one of the smartest people making comment like that, why are you throwing shade at the competition? I don't understand. I don't get it. It's just negative. I, I, I'd said it to you. I got, I got a few text messages about it. We were still at the ground. Uh, a few few mates of mine had said, how ridiculous is it that Gus is saying that they're overrated after what they've just done, et cetera, et cetera. Look, and there's always going to be hypotheticals. What if what if Scott and Thurston were playing? But the fact of the matter is, is that they weren't playing. And the fact of the matter is that they were there last year and they had their chance against the Cowboys in the preliminary final and they lost. I agree. I'm just sitting here more. So I, I don't know what we only need. You can only deal with what's on the field. You can only deal with the results that are put up on the scoreboard. And for for that fact, and I said it all year. I thought this the standard of this year's competition to me was really really poor. I didn't enjoy a lot of the games. I thought Melbourne were a clear standout. You know, for the Roosters, a team who I think underachieved and finished second mm. in terms of their own potential, for them to finish second and then go out against a side that finished eighth who were missing their best two players really reflected the standard of the competition this year. Mm. I hope that sides go away and find their own identity. Stop trying to play Melbourne style of footy. Stop trying to play this cookie-cutter uh, style. Go away, find your own identity and come back with a style that's going to challenge Melbourne. That well, gives a point of difference. The scary part is, and this I was going to wrap up in summary, more than anything, I don't understand why he's throwing shade at the last two premieres, but take a look in your own backyard. Mm. Penrith should have done better. I don't understand the negative comments to finish things off and, uh, you know, the, the criticism. Well, pressure is now on Penrith. They've, well, they've made the finals the last two years. It's now time for them to challenge for a premiership next year. Well, Otherwise, shut up. Yeah, on the other side of it, like I said, the Matt Moore. If you situation. think they're over, overrated, Gus, then go and put aside and take them down to Melbourne and beat Melbourne. Exactly. And that's more. And then last year, the Sharks thing. You didn't beat the Sharks either. So, And then no. they towed you up this year and they were pissed off about the comments about being caught. It was a weak in comp. That they yeah, won. well, I know Gal went after him in the press conference. Yeah, well, started playing it. They won the yeah. comp. Simple. The last two premiers won the comp. Penrith didn't. And more as an ambassador and someone involved. Well, Penrith, in haven't, Penrith haven't uh, made the grand final since the last time they won it in 03. 03, yeah. And the best, it's a long time. The best run they had was with the weakest team they had a couple of years ago, which, again, speaks to... We saw their cup side dominate the other day. We've seen their first-grade side. Yeah. Look yeah there's own. no argument that they're, you know, they've done a job in the, a good job in the lower grades, 16s, 18s, 20s. But they've 20s, got the talent in the depth. New South Wales Cup. Now it's time to start pushing it through. So that's more I'm getting at. You're throwing shit Deliver at the elite level. But yeah, let's look at your on. own club. Uh, number two... It was a low light, but at the same time, I thought it was a highlight. Sean Fenson, uh, outcast from Canberra, basically didn't want to leave the club, even though they said multiple times he could. You can't blame him. He was going to be a future captain. Moves to the Cowboys, doesn't get a start instantly. He's there on a two-year deal. Canberra's paying the majority of it. Pushes his way in, gets that reward finally. He's playing in the grand final. He's got ribs popped out, and then he breaks his leg. It's not. uh... Three minutes in. So it, it was a low light, but at the same time, I think... 
I've got to put a positive spin on it this way. He's played in the grand final. He deserved to play in a grand final. He's an underrated player. Yeah, no he's, one can ever take that he's away. He's been tough that. for him, regardless of the way it ended. And the way, when he went off, like I said, maybe the grand whistle kicked in a little bit, but the thumbs up, pumped up the crowd. He went out that end of the field. I thought that was a pretty cool moment for the little delay we had there, and the crowd really irked up for it. Well, so. a cool moment, yeah, but it was a sad moment. It was a sad like, moment. Because yeah. it's this whole fairy tale thing, you know, you you work as hard as you want and you'll get what you want. It's not true. No. But it's I'm not still... true. I mean, you, you might get the opportunity, but... Three minutes in, he gets his leg shattered. If there was one person that, well, tell me who on that field had worked harder to get to a grand final than him. No, um, you know, like because you got I know Smith and Cronk and all these guys obviously work hard, but that's their seventh grand final. Yeah, that's his first. But I've said this to you before, and it's not bringing up the camera thing again. But when I was down there for the twenties, he was in first grade. No one, not not it's not a I don't know how to say it. He's not really a talented bloke. He's no, the he's hardest not. working, most that. honest person you have ever seen, though. I didn't see anyone do any more extras, work any harder, mm. do all the little boxes. He worked as a tradesman during the week. You wouldn't meet a nicer bloke. So. Yeah, but that's my problem in yeah. that he's worked that hard and his legacy is going to be that he played three minutes in a grand final and he got yeah. with a snap, you know, had his leg snapped. So for, I, for me, I would have liked to have seen him play at the 80. I know it was good and it was nice that he put his thumbs up. It was up a nice moment. But he was yeah. probably rocked off his brain on painkillers. But I know a few boys that still talk to him, obviously, that are playing. He'd be shattered. Closer, but said he was devastated and he was apologising to all the staff and all the players. Yeah. So even again, look, he's, yeah. I, I, Congratulations and commiserations in the same but breath. I mean, I full credit. But you got pushed out Congratulations of your, for getting there. Yeah, pushed out of your childhood club. Couldn't meet a more honest and decent yeah. bloke. And he ended up in the grand final. The hardest way to end your season. But at the same time, you can't you can't take that away from him. He's and for me, one. if the Cowboys weren't already at a disadvantage, that then put them at an even greater disadvantage, losing a player off their rotation, an early sub, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then we move on to tackle three, which is the Cowboys. And... You can't take anything away from them either. They've come from eighth. They had the tough run home. I mentioned it before. They played all the top five teams plus the Tigers. They pushed guys back in early. Martin played the whole finals with the medial. Bolton was getting needled up every single game. Gavin Cooper had a calf problem. Like There was multiple guys that were injured. And even last week, Ethan Lowe's eye. Asiata's broken hand. Felt Torrey's groin last week. Um, Winnerstein's hamstring. You cannot... Knock what they've done. And I know a few of the teams may have completed poorly. All three teams they played completed in the 60% compared to their 90, but they still won those games. Well, they I had said to go out week, and win those games. What did they complete out this week? 89? 89 and Melbourne at 88. And they made four errors. And I said last week on the podcast in our preview that to complete at 90 and make eight errors, which was their average, I didn't think was going to be good enough. And cool. it's proven that they had to, they played better than that in 89% completions with four errors. And they got beat by 28 points. But it goes to what I was saying as well last week on the same point. Melbourne do that just as well. But the difference is when you have high completions, what do you do with the ball? And this is the thing for me. They got away with it for three weeks playing against opposition that they, they could get away with just grinding with. But we know that Melbourne are just as good or if not better than anyone at that game, like you've just said. So for me, I think the criticism comes and, you know, it's not it's not an overwhelming criticism or anything I'm losing sleep over or anything the Cowboys should lose sleep over. But for me, they, they just lacked a plan B. Once that set-for-set kick and chase and, and that sort of game wasn't working because Melbourne weren't turning the ball over, there was no real plan B and for one, me. Well, as soon as we saw them try to get loose, one was a third tackle kick that diffused and another one I didn't mind led that to kick. a try. I, I didn't mind that kick. I thought he, he underkicked it, and I'm not sure that the winger knew about it because certainly uh, Vunavalu was in a little bit on that wing. So I don't mind the kick, but 
for me, it was the appropriateness of that play at that point in time. I think it was probably a time where they should have kept a play. They just pressure. needed to establish, uh, yeah, establish camp down there, get her a few repeat sets, and then look for that. Maybe if they weren't having success with some applied pressure or uh, long-term possession down in Melbourne's end. Yeah, well, going in summary of tackle three, it was basically just full credit to the Cowboys. You can't take away absolutely, what but I was disappointed in in that they didn't really have that plan B. Um, I get that, but but I thought the game. Overall, was entertaining, probably for the for the first sixty, oh, yeah. and particularly for that minute forty to sixty. I thought the Cowboys dominated that period of the game. They weren't able to transfer that to the scoreboard, and that was probably in the end, uh, in the end, the difference in the game. Because once Melbourne got over, I think it was in the sixty third minute to go up, it, the air went out of the game. The last twenty minutes, and it was great for Melbourne fans, great for you because you didn't have to bite your nails or anything. But for me, as a as a neutral, I would have liked to have seen that game go down to the 80 or as long as possible. Yeah. Well, again, back to the point of this one, it was more their season, outstanding, tough circumstances, lose your two key players. Guys coming did a good job. They battled through injury. Five of the last six. They Put your played, phone on silent, mate. Played teams that were obviously, uh, you know, in the top four, uh, top four or five teams. And then they've knocked off Parramatta, who almost rolled Melbourne. The Sharks, who were supposed to be the threat to Melbourne week one, and the Roosters, who were the only team that pushed Melbourne for 80 and lost that game earlier. So they did it the hard way, mm. but they've come up against the side that dominated. And again, I'll go back to our first tackle. I think this their their run is as much a reflection on the other teams as it is on, on their great season. And now that that fairy tale runs over, I'm going to start to put the blower on those other teams. Yeah. Because I thought they were pathetic yep. in their performances against the Cowboys. And they didn't let the Cowboys win. No one lets anyone win. But they certainly played with enough error, ill-discipline, and lack of imagination to allow the Cowboys to, to defeat them. Yeah. Well, tackle four, more of a personal note on a player who was exceptional in the grand final. Had a tough year this year, Tohu Harris. Um I don't hold it. You can't hold it against somebody. He didn't get in a negotiation or a bidding war. And Roger Tuivasa-Shek did the same thing for the Roosters. He just simply told him that he wanted to go home. But I honestly fear for his career now that he's going to I play don't. for the Warriors. I don't think. I don't think his performance is going to lack. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe the team he's going to will lack. I look at a player. How, like, how long can the Warriors keep underachieving? Well, <laughs> you got enough time. Well, I don't know. I can I'm honestly not, say it. I think I, I don't know. the tactics are wrong. The coaching, some of the recruitment again hasn't made sense. And unless they get Blake Green there to play next to Johnson, I still don't think they have the right front rowers. And they've just paid massively over. I think for Adam if Blake Blair. Green goes there, they're going to be improved on what they were last. I still year. don't think Adam Blair getting the money he did. It's just there's a lot of things that are strange. Peter Hiku coming back, he was average and got pushed out of Penrith. Apparently, he's got a bad knee. Jared Beal's solid, but again, they've just done what they always do. They've bought all the New Zealand boys. They're all going back there. I don't fear for him, much like Sheck. I haven't feared for Sheck. And people knocking Sheck, you're kidding yourself. The Blank still has 19, 20 carries a game, does all the dirty work. He's just not playing in a side like he was before the Roosters. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't fear for his career at so all. I just hate to see him go to waste over there, and I think he will, in all honesty. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. I hope not, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sad to see him leave so early from that team and that system. Well, particularly with the way he played on the weekend. he was And he had a rough year. He, he missed was very, 11 very games. That was by far and away his best performance of the year. Yeah, but he's missed 11 games with that broken foot I get that. and then he had the shoulder. And then to see that on the field, and he's only still 24, I think. Mm. He's like peak of his power still coming into it, and he's been great the whole time he's been playing great for him. So, um, yeah, disappointed to see him go. Tackle five. Melbourne in general, and the fitting conclusion for the big three. And it couldn't be any more capped off by the fact that they ran that play with about seven minutes to go. The inside-outside ball, and then the other bloke leaving, Harris, was when he threw that pass. Questionable, possibly, but um, I think all night, all three. Were well, very... we, we were pretty much right in line with that pass. You thought 
Well, we both thought it went forward, but you thought it was backwards out of the hands. I, I tend to think it was a forward pass, but oh, I'm not going to. It didn't it. certainly didn't have an influence on the game. The touchy was right there, and there was no the touchy had a better view than me and you. So I'm happy with his call. Yeah, I'm not going to question it. But yeah, if it was called, I wouldn't have been surprised. And but... either way, I don't think the forward pass led to the try. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was a meter forward or a meter backwards, no. the Cowboys still weren't saving that try. But just fitting again. Big three, 980 games for the Melbourne Storm between the three of them. Uh, two of them are 300 game plus players. They've won 72% of the games they've played combined when all three have been on the field. I think 231 games or 232 games it was they've played together. Mm. But I couldn't have had a better conclusion for all of them. Well, and the other thing is I, I now want to hear, like, let's get this uh, crap about uh, will you, won't you, what's going on? Let's get that well, all that noted. They've both said it'll be sorted before the World Cup. So right. in the next few weeks, we're going to But Conk said it'll be sorted after Origin. So no, He know, said I, he was going to wait until the end of the no, year. No, he said he was going to sort it after Origin. There'd be comment after Origin. It yeah, just well, didn't, didn't come. The rumours are now that he's going to the Roosters for one year and the bookies have all installed the Roosters as the premiership favourites next year. I have no idea where they're going to find the money for him, but it seems they've got an unlimited salary cap. But I honestly think he'll retire still. That's my well, I said from where I go, I think he'll play on again. But, and Bellamy sort of hinted at that as well in the press conference. He said, look, first thing I said to Cooper is you're a long-time retired, and that was my comment. Yeah. You know, I know I don't think his legacy is ever going to change at Melbourne, and that was sort of said as much in the press conference. But, you know, what's he going to do? If he, like, how, how old is he? How old's Crump? 34. They're all 34, turning 35. At best, he's only going to play for another year or two, he said himself, if he mm. was going to play. So it's yeah, not okay. like he's I thought he was, out I thought he was 32. So, no. yeah, 34. He's turning 35. Yeah. So they well, don't, in that case... All of them, at best, have a year or two left at full health. And the two healthy, the healthiest out of all of them would be Kronk, I'd think. Smith's only had one surgery. I think Kronk's had a broken arm and maybe a knee clean out. But those two are healthier than Billy. Billy's had the major injuries. Yeah, but right now... Right now? Like right now, Billy's pretty healthy. Well, not the way the doctor, and they talked about that shoulder again. He basically said he was done. He's got plates, screws, you name it. That's a ticking time bomb. Mm. And he's got a bold knee. He admitted that he runs on one of those uh, anti-gravity treadmills sometimes during the week to get the cage into his leg. So mm. I think the healthiest of all of them would probably be Cronk. But yeah, so Cronk but... turns 34 on the 5th of December. Yeah. But more summing it up, going back to that point again, forget the retirements, fitting conclusion to the big three. And again, the negativity out there and all this, I'm just going to say one thing. In 10, 15 years' time, people are going to give themselves a triple for all the shit and all the smearing and everything they've gone on about and when they should have probably appreciated more. I, I think that's a little bit overstated. I think we're in, the, we're in the only part of the country, which is Sydney, Western Sydney, where the majority of fans in Sydney and Western Sydney hate those three because they've given us grief for origin. That's that's the reason why they hate it. They hate Melbourne. I don't think they, they just... hate... Yeah, they hate Melbourne because basically it's the Queensland origin side. Take... It's, it's, that, it's that key... You know, three musketeers yeah. that always bring us down at Origin. I, I, hate, I don't hate them. I, I look, I hate them come Origin time. In that, I, I want to win Origin, take but I don't hate them personally. I, I love and respect them as players, and I think, you know, looking at Andrew Johns, take Andrew Johns out. Um, Slater and Smith are the are the next two that go under him, in my opinion, over the last twenty years of rugby league. I think I think they're ahead of Lockyer. I think they're ahead of Fitler. Um, they're immortals, both of them, hmm. easily. Best fullback. Yeah, of all and time. sorry, the other one you throw in there is Thurston. Like Thurston, Johns, Smith, and Slater for me are the, are the best four players in the last twenty years. 
Well, in my time of And playing, Lockyer would be the fifth, I, I would imagine. Yeah, well, considering what And then you, in order, work out an order, I, I think it's all subjective. There was a year there where Lockyer won the comp, won the origin, won yeah, well, Smith's. everything, won the golden boot. Smith's done that on, on, on a year. You know, John's had those years. No, it's Smith. so, in, in a point in time, you know, they've all been the best in, in the game at a point in time. But I think as a legacy, it's very difficult to separate them. Yeah, well, in the end, all I'm getting at, fitting conclusion, and like I said, for all the shade that's been thrown, I think it won't be until longer term that Bellamy and those three are more appreciated once they're gone. Oh, um, they're appreciated now by that, people who are unbiased and people who can see it well, for what it is. Getting, anyone who hasn't seen them play, I know the World Cup games are getting more out in the fringes more so than Sydney, and I'm not surprised because the NRL has probably looked at ticket sales and the attendance in Sydney and said, well, stuff it. We'll go to these niche markets that don't get much foot in. Well, I think that was chance. the start of the end for Corey Payne. Corey Payne made comment about the fixtures that, uh, simply for the fact that I think Penrith was snubbed from a couple of games and Corey Payne came out and just absolutely railed the World Cup organisers and that re- that was the start of the end f- of his sacking and some some say that that was a reason for his sacking. Well, I had some issue today going on about it and we'd speak of it that why is that happening? I'm like, well, how can you be surprised? Like Cairns and these kind of places that don't get a lot of games, I reckon will sell more tickets. Look, than I'm surprised Sydney. that there's not games in Penrith. I'm surprised that there's not one or two, especially if there's uh, Pacific Nations. Well, I'm surprised there's games at the Sydney Football Stadium because if you think that Australia Lebanon's going to draw a crowd at the Sydney Football Stadium, you're kidding yourself. Or England Lebanon no, at the Sydney Football Stadium. I don't think Stadium. they will. But if you had them at Penrith, they'd be sellouts. The majority going to those fringe areas, WA, etc. Like I said, I think will have a better chance of selling more tickets, which is why they've done so. Because mm. all the games that have been in Sydney, regardless this year, haven't sold rugby league. They, they have ignored rugby yeah, league. Hard. So why are they going to? And, and if you Cup? think that. For you know, I'm not going to speak on on your behalf, but I'm pretty sure I am. In that, I won't be going to either of those games. No, I wouldn't. In, full, in the I Sydney would, football, stadium. I wouldn't full stop because of the quality of the teams. Yeah, but I think Sydney in general would have rejected the World Cup for the most part. Yeah, okay, so. but if that game was at Penrith, would you go? No, I probably see. I would. I wouldn't. Mm. Not to watch oh, Lebanon play against England or against uh, who was the other game? You Australia said? Lebanon. I'd go and watch here. I'd rather just watch on TV to be honest. But mm. yeah. Well, there you go. You're probably the reason why we did get snubbed. Cheers but, for that, mate. Yeah. Well. Cheers. There you go. But we're going up for the final, so yeah. Well, most importantly, yeah. Going to the main game. Uh, and the last tackle here, it's not related to the grand final or any other bits and pieces, but a quick wrap. Finally, the dogs pulled the pin. Uh, Dean Pay is the coach. Got rid of Desi. And basically, the way they've been speaking this week, or the mail that I've been getting, is that Brad Abbey is going to Canberra to free up some cap space, and that is getting them close to the target they need to register Woods and Forum. But the last piece of the puzzle is South have apparently offered to take Brett Morris's massively back-ended deal in exchange for Humble Hunt. And to be honest, if I'm the Bulldogs, I'm taking, taking that. that. I like Bulldog. Humble Hunt. Same. Younger. And the other thing I don't get, and clubs know this, Brett Morris missed games because he's got a bold knee and he barely made it through origin. So why the hell do you want to take on a massive... Well, he's a lot older. Yeah, but why do you want to Simple. take a massive cap whack for somebody who's going to play for a year yeah. and it's give away a young guy who's 24? You're giving away a 31-year-old guy with a bold tie who's on 700K. No, it's... it's, uh, it's- yeah. And South, just quite well, what are you doing? You've paid Gagai a mint. Inglis is on a mint. You're also going to bring over another winger. You're going to have like three outside backs pushing seven, eight hundred, like a million dollars. It's just, it's insanity. I don't understand the move at all, but good luck to you, Anthony Seabold. But there's the six tackles, our set of six. Uh, questions will be after the reviews of the games, but we'll quickly punish through 20s and State Cup and then get into depth about the grand final. But under 20s, congratulations to Manly coming from eighth place, beating a very heavily favoured Eels side who. No offence to Manly. I, I can't believe the Eels didn't win that game. But put simply... Well, they led 14-0 after 15 minutes. 15 minutes, they just did what they should be doing. Power game, 
wrecked the middle. They have Reed Mahoney, their nine off the bench, who got their player of the year, who starts, and Denzel Tanisi, who's built like a truck, who's also an on play. Oregon Kafusi, they just they just hammer teams and they march downfield, score with these. This seventeen year old half, Dylan Brown. But from that point onwards, they just went away from it. Mm. Um, they stopped playing the power game. Errors play Errors, one penalties. and two. Manly, full credit to them. They took advantage of the ruck too. They got messy, got right in there. The ref wasn't pinning them. Um, but they just killed themselves and you got onto the tactic we were speaking before. Luke Burt, the rotation of the bench was just confusing. Um, Oregon Kafusi is a gun front row, New South Wales under 18s play. He sat him for about 50 minutes, I think. Yeah. Raymond Stone played New South Wales couple year. Aussie 20s, starting lock, sat for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes as well when he could have played a full game. Easily, oh. in my opinion, but... He really held back on the subs like he was saving them for a big finish when they were under fire, when they took their strongest starting players off. Yeah. They couldn't get out of their own end. They were riddled with errors, field possession. They defended a glut of five at one point and were lucky to hold on. But the other edge was that uh, the left edge defensively, but they just came up and held. Yeah. And Manly scored a few times for them. But I'm not going to take it away from Manly. You know, I thought, uh, you know, Tavita Funa, the center, was pretty good, the goal-kicking center. The other one, Samishi Koa. He was a pretty good player. The nine, Fainu, uh, he was a junior Kiwi nine. He was involved with plenty of the stuff there. And obviously the halves, Tom Wright, he missed an opportunity to set up a try. But next play, Fanua obviously put that uh, tip miss through the guy scored the winner on full time. But probably summing things up more than that, the messed up interchange and being under the pump for about 40, 50 minutes. The one set they finally held the ball and he put his starting players back on, they went 100 metres and scored and took the lead. Yeah. All right, look. If they just would have stuck that the whole game and probably used the interchanges a bit better, they probably would have won that game by 20 points. I thought it was ridiculous. So the coaching, the tactics, the way they played, they, they got to a 14-0 lead after 15 minutes, as I've said, and they threw that game down the road. They went away from the middle of the field. They were rolling through Manly unbelievably easy. Uh, and what let Manly back in was dumb passes, early in tackle, uh, in the tackle count, errors, penalties, and they just committed rugby league suicide. And it was one of the great chokes I've ever seen. Like we, oh, we got P- we got Penrith into the stadium. Last year was bigger. Oh well, there, that's, that's okay, the biggest but, choke I've ever seen. Yeah, but both were a result of shit coaching, basically. I don't you know, know, like both both really didn't have tactics which, which exposed the uh, weaknesses of the opposition team and. Again, you just you watch that game and just scratch your head. Well, you put some on the players for not sticking to that simple game through the middle. They, last they also year, I thought last year I thought it was as much of uh, Penrith, you know, high fiving on the way out. Like they thought they had that game won, and they they should have had that game won. Parramatta, a similar story, but well, I honestly think last year's less of an upset as far as the team quality though, because the Roosters got, had seven guys that have played Cup and NRL and moved on. I thought yeah. they had a great side. Yeah, this, but I think I think Penrith this side one, last year would beat. Man, would smash Manly and Parramatta. I think Parra would give them a good run. No, I don't think so I think at all. Parra just because you saw that last themselves. week, they they played Penrith and beat them by whatever it was, 14, 16 points. And that Penrith team is widely acknowledged as to be nowhere near the quality of the side last year. So no. either way, full credit to Manly, uh, great win by them, and you got some good young players. Tom Wright the six, uh, Kate Customer is late the seven here, and I'm getting man of the match. But the two centres, Tavita Funa. Samisi Koa, the fullback actually, Anderson. I only saw a little bit in the back end of the he year. He went well. He's pretty slick, but obviously they've tell got... You what, even the try they conceded at the end, if you're going to concede a try, there's one place you don't concede it, and that's through the middle of the field. Let yeah, them but... score in the corner. Well, they would have to kick for the win. Kick to win, yeah. Kicked it from Crazy. right in front. But, uh, Parramatta fans, as much as you're probably disappointed, there's a good reason they haven't spent 
a lot of money bringing players in next year because a lot of these guys, the winger, Greg uh, Lilisau, he's going to probably move up to take Red Rara's spot. you got Dylan Brown, the 17-year-old half, who scored a hat-trick in the SG Grand Final and played 20s there. He's got another three years in lower grades. Oregon Kafusi, the prop. Raymond Stone, the lock, played Aussie schoolboys. Um, yeah, they've got a pretty stacked side. So there's going to be plenty of those guys pushed through, I think. State Cup final, Penny Panthers, 42-18 to 18 over Papua New Guinea. Um, this doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. They came doesn't. up. But you know what? I, I watched um, I watched the Q Cup grand final since watching, obviously, the interest super, uh, the, the state championship game. And how the Sunshine Coast lost that game, they had six sets of six in the last 10 minutes on the PNG line, mm. fluffed around, cocked around. Uh, PNG got a, an error penalty, went down, scored off the kick to win it. But they had Riley Jacks, they had um, Stimson, they had Young Drinkwater, yeah. they had uh, Smith who played at nine. Yeah. They had all the ingredients there. It was a gritty win by PNG, but it's a game that the Sunny Coast will look back on and go, they should have won by at least 12 points, well, in my opinion, after watching the game. I spoke to a friend over the weekend who plays for Burley. And he said to me that Penrith wouldn't have seen a style like that. And I said, I disagree because Penrith are very physical and they've got a big pack and they bashed Wyong last week. And I just mm. thought on the weekend, as tough as PNG are, they're not as polished as what Penrith are. I don't think they had the quality, didn't have the quality that Penrith do and they certainly did more than enough to bash them in the middle. Akawala layered all these guys teed up. Kate Ellis was outstanding. But edge defence from Papua New Guinea was ordinary and that's where they got them. Well, like, we said it last week. Like It was hard to, hard to tip because we'd seen Penrith. Well, I tipped Penrith. You guys tipped PNG. I don't know I tipped P- PNG for the fairy tale. I said, if you've listened back to last week, I said that I think Penrith will win, but I'd like to see PNG win. Yeah, and it meant nothing anyway. But, yeah, but, um, yeah I, after watching the game, you couldn't have had enough money on Penrith from, at $1.62. From what I saw the week before, they didn't stand a chance. But, yeah, I think Ellis was... What do you mean, seeing the week before? We hadn't seen the PNG play. I did. I watched during the week like you did. When? Um, no, yeah, okay. But not before the podcast last week. No, I I'm watched saying. it afterwards. Yeah. But I did tip Penrith after what I saw of them and what I'd seen at PNG during the year. But the polish isn't there. Simple as this. And I know Matty Johns has said we have to rush a team in. I disagree. No, we don't have to rush a team in. No, but he wants a Papua New Guinea team in. That's the next part of the expansion. We talk about Brisbane, this, that, and I don't that. understand why. All I, those... I don't like the fact that our reserve grade is state-based, to be fair. I, I think it should be a national competition. Oh, I agree with you. And but that, to me, you bring Fiji into that, you bring Perth into that, and then it's just sort of a rite of passage, you know. You build up underneath, and whenever you give the NRL, I guess, enough information and enough of a track record to, be able to put also, you into the NRL, then that that's got to be the platform. It can't be that just your state based because the standard between the state based competitions and then the NRL is huge. I still think you're strangling it though if you restrict it to purely. A national competition and you bring the teams down because right now there is enough quality in that? those lower grades. Well, like things like Massey and Shield, I want to see disappear because I think most of those are ordinary. But the two cup competitions, I think there's enough quality. I'm not saying you get rid of teams. them. I'm saying you combine them there and make it yeah, a national. How many comp. games are you going to play? How many teams are you going to have? What does it matter? Just have twenty yeah, or twenty four and have every everyone play everyone. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand why it's state based. Well, I think we're in a we're in a we're in a generation where. All these games should be televised to start with. I, I don't know. I, I think I think the game we think so backwards within the game. I I don't understand it. If we're going to get rid of twenties, which was a national based competition, which I agree with, what's replacing it? Nothing. The twenties are staying. There you go. Just going state. So you're you're going to make a, you're going to make the gap between the NRL and the rest even bigger. 
I don't think much has changed except it's gone. To it has changed. It has similar. changed in that it's going to be bigger. There's no, no there's no other national competition outside of the NRL. You don't have an argument for me. I'm saying it should be reserve grade should be put on a pedestal where it's feeding into the NRL because at the moment, looking at even those two grand final teams on the weekend, look at the PNG side, look at the NR, uh, the Panthers side. There's obviously a handful of players from the Penrith side that can play in the NRL, but I question how many from PNG could play in the NRL. I'd say none, to be honest. I think I'd Penrith, say there's a handful. Penrith, I'd say there's more than a handful. Penrith, I'd say there's probably. Penrith have already got like guys five that have played, let alone guys that should be playing NRL. Rain, Nichols, I think, should have played NRL by now. Yeah, let's not Ellis go through them. I'm saying five, five to ten of them, yeah. And then, then there'll be some that may develop into uh, NRL players. But well, if to, you me, were, I, to me, reserve grade used to be players that should be playing NRL that are, that are in reserve grade. Now I look at it and go, there's a lot of teams there who, had, who would have zero players playing in first grade. And that's our problem. That's why we don't have a lot of depth in the NRL. That's why... Come origin, when these players go out, the competition goes to shit because there's no depth. But I also fight on that argument that I've said about 100 times. The reason we don't have a lot of depth is because the money goes to the top end all the time and a lot of these guys don't get enough reason to stick around, piss off to England. Well, what's minimum wage next year? 110K? No, I think it's bracketing over the next three years from 100 and then pushing to 130 in three years' time. It's like a sliding increase. That's a pretty good minimum wage. Well, it should and there's be going to be more. 30 30 players uh, within that. So yeah, but that's also, to me, there's no excuse anymore. Also, but that argument is now null and void. Well, there still is an excuse because out of that top 30, I'm pretty sure... And I, there's not more money in England. Isn't there six of them restricted that I read about the other day? So if you sign Flanagan, for example, next year for the Sharks, if they want to blood him during Origin, he's restricted because he's on a rookie deal. So they're saying that they can't play him even though he's in their top 30. And they have to put in for special exemption to be able to use him, which well, I think that's is bullshit. Stupid. Top 30 is top 30. Yeah. There shouldn't be six restricted spots because, again, what are you doing? Like, you're If you're going to have restricted spots, they should be on top of the You're 30. stopping a pathway. Like, if he's ready to play and then Origin Maloney goes, yeah, well, we don't, don't. We don't know for sure what that is. So let's. I'm just saying that we've, we've really got – and then, like, two or three years ago, they moved to Ron Massey, Sydney Shield. Well, it was probably about four or five years ago. And then now they're going to move the 20s back to a state base. They're going to move it back to, for example, Mounties are going to have Canberra's 20s. So how does that work for the pathway? Because you've got are the Canberra kids going to come up here and play, or is Manny's going to play before the Raiders? Well, no one knows. This, this is what I'm saying. So how do, how do the play? What what does that do to a 20 year old kid that's in Canberra? He's got to travel up here and play for Manny's. Well, they'll do what all the boys used to do, I suppose, on the weekends when they got told they're not playing grade. Yeah, that's a crock of shit. They go on a bus and they come here. You wonder and why you wonder why they go and play local A grade for as much money. This is why there's no depth in the game. It's the backwards mentality is just. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, we've gone well, off, well the off the beaten path, but plain and simple. Well, it's not. We're talking about the state-based comps. I know we're talking about it, but we haven't talked about the game at all. But in summing it up, There's not much it to doesn't need a whole lot of talking about. The 18 points came at the end when Luai got put in the bin. I think the scoreline in the end didn't end up reflecting how dominant Penrith really were. No, but Penrith, Penrith took the, but, uh, put the cue in the rack. Yeah, plenty of those guys. Um, if Rain's not playing at Penrith next year, I hope Parramatta renew their interest because I think they could definitely use him in their first grade. So oh, yeah. And he should be playing grade. Darren Nichols, another one. I don't think they've re-signed him yet. Hell, he hasn't played after being at Brisbane, South, and a few of these clubs and got opportunity that I don't understand. Yeah, as a Titans fan, I'd I'd happily sign both of them for next year. Kate Some Ellis. Depth. Kate Ellis, I'd sign him. And how kick hasn't played again. Kate Ellis was a guy that he got – I'm pretty sure he got I – don't, I don't know whether he got cut from 20s, but he was certainly at the back end of that 20 squad that I was involved, involved in. Played a lot of Sydney Shield, Ron Massey out at Windsor and just worked his ass off. Got a crack a little bit last year, but this year, man, uh, man of the match in a 
in a uh, state-based grand final. So Yeah, Satini, good way back from him. He was the captain in 2013, got dropped for the grand final for James Roberts and had to do it the hard way, went all the way back through Massey and has now scored four tries in a state-based grand final. He was playing final, at St. Mary's, so. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Big turnaround for him. Sebo, uh, the try scorer, it's come all the way from Gundagai and in two seasons has scored like 70-something tries and now on the fringe of NRL. So plenty of talent there at Penrith again. But the main game, Melbourne 34-6. to uh, Clinical, they completed. They absolutely killed the ruck, as we know. The whistle goes away in grand final. I thought the Cowboys should have pushed the envelope there a little bit more, but they didn't. Um, you know, Tumble. Cowboys should have pushed the envelope. I think they pushed the envelope as far as they could without getting penalised. Yeah, if you watch the game, they, they got away with so much, the Cowboys in the ruck. Yeah. For cool. people that want to bitch and moan about Melbourne's ruck, go and watch that grand final on mute and watch how much the Cowboys got away with. How many times their markers weren't square and Smith ran out at the marker, clearly offside, and the referees didn't even penalise them. Well, he made Cooper Cronk got taken out with his, in the air after a kick, dived at his legs... No penalty at all. Well, they, they got away with a heap, the Cowboys, I thought. Yeah, but plain and simple, like all those bits and pieces, and then all those things we talked about last week, they uh, they absolutely shut down Tamalolo. Those bigger boys were smashing him, and it's not even the metres. Forget all the metres and stuff like that. It's the offloads, the quick play of the balls, and what he sets up for the guys around him. Melbourne just took that away from him. Well, they took away, like we said, Harris, the ball, play the balls prior as well. Yeah, they just chopped him down, east-west him, got him sideways. They won basically all those rucks. Only probably one time I think somebody shot up on him and missed him, but they still saved it. Um, you know, they didn't let Granville jump out. And the kick pressure we spoke about, that Morgan was the only kicker. Smith was all over him all, all night, along with Finucane. And he basically just AFL kicked to the back half the time and just picked out a player. So uh, those things, along with we talked about Martin and that edge getting picked on. They kept going there all night. They put pressure on him. It made O'Neill question some of his defensive decisions, and they scored twice there. Kafusi obviously poured through that hole. Slater poured through that hole. But first 20 minutes, you know, it was kind of a feeling out process, but you felt Melbourne was winning and slowly turning the screws. And once they got those couple of tries and then right on half time, Winnerstein, I don't know what was going on with that, but he freaked out and jumped on that ball and knocked it on. Melbourne score again there to make it 18 zip by half time. You were basically sitting there going, well, it's going to be pretty hard to come back from this. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first half. Melbourne, I thought, were, you know, they got in that armrest for the first 20 minutes and then it just, the Cowboys kicked out, I think, after nine minutes and I thought that was a little win on points for, for Melbourne. Uh, and then after that, I think even Melbourne kicked out. Uh, so the first 20 minutes, there wasn't a lot going on, but... Once Melbourne got some field position, I was surprised at how easily they broke down the Cowboys defensively. Oh, that, that was one element of it that, that did surprise me a little bit, but they, they went and tried to expose the areas that we identified last week in Martin. They did a good job of pressuring Michael Morgan's kicking game, as we identified, yeah. and they were just winning the field position battle through that. It forced Lachlan Coote to be doing a lot of kicking, but his kicks were going straight down Slater's throat, and yeah. it was just flip, flipping the field position. And Well, even the backfield. That they're, we just a, they're just a class above Melbourne. And, they, and as soon as the game went to that uh, to and fro and set for set, you could just see that. Yeah, but even just the pure line breaks, like Bromwich busts through, Harris breaks yeah, through. I thought a lot of that was through passing. They, they did a lot of little short passes, um, Melbourne, to try and break that dominance of the Cowboys. That They've been getting a lot of numbers in tackles, but... You know, you look at the Roosters and the Eels and the Sharks, they're sides that don't push a lot in numbers. They're, they pass. they don't have guys there with a lot of skill in their forward pack well, that Melbourne can pass. Than and Melbourne just really broke down that line speed from the Cowboys by 
slowing it down through some short passing and getting over that advantage line and that ability to break a tackle and offload. Well, it proves the dominance in their play and especially their forward pack, who was exceptional, and then the bench players that came on because the stats that give you that idea are line breaks, offloads. It was 15-3 as far as offloads were concerned. They were generating that momentum, and line breaks was 7-2. Yeah. Uh, they made an extra 400 metres. Smith made 131, which again tells you that the play the ball speed and the platform they were laying was outstanding because mm. if he's jumping out and running that much... Um, you know, you got the pressure on. The other thing I spoke about, and we both talked. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market about it as well was the kicking and getting in behind and putting the pressure on them and trying to turn them around and put some pressure on that back three. They really did a good job isolating Lachlan Coote, putting that high kick up, getting him flat, and they were just catching him and dragging him back four or five metres every single time and just really, really putting the pressure on him. So uh, I thought they did a great job there. But getting more into the second half of things, early on the Cowboys had their chance. They got three or four penalties in a row on the line. Smith ran up again to put the pressure on last tackle on Morgan. The only thing that hurt him this time is Morgan had skipped on the outside of him. Felice was his inside man, didn't tie in. Uh, Martin scored a nice try there, which gave him a glimmer of hope. But yeah. when they got another error, I think, from Melbourne or a penalty to get back down there, obviously, like you said, the option there for the kick was there for Morgan. Was it the right play at the time? Probably not. Like, if he got it right and no. the man got over Vunny, fair enough, but... It's pretty big roll of the dice to kick Devonnie, even though he had a bad knee, and back your winger to get over the top of him. And realistically, and Paul Green said it after, they really needed to turn the screws, probably get a couple of repeat sets and park themselves there. And if they would have grabbed another try, it could have been really interesting. But after that... Well, they grab a try there, and it probably does go down to the wire because it goes yeah, to a six-point game. Most likely, yeah, that, but... was the, that was where the game was in the balance. Yeah, and after that, it just kind of went back to how it was before when and, and Melbourne started to eat their way down to their half and really slow down their sets. And before you know it, we had that crash over try for Dale Finucane, uh from Cameron Smith, where he's just thrown that flat ball there when they parked themselves. And at 24-6, he knocks that over from the front. You basically felt that that was game over and that maybe the floodgates might open. Yeah, that was game over. Yeah, definitely. And that was on the back of the kick. I think they then got a penalty, which led them down that set. Might have even been on the back of a repeat set. So, yeah. And you then, just go back to that kick, and you, you don't want to be critical of Michael Morgan, but it was just a wrong play at that point in the game. But he's made plenty of right plays in order to get them into that position. So, oh, 100%. And they needed something. I think Michael Morgan probably got to the point where he thought, you know, our, our regular attack isn't working here. We need to pull something out of the box. Uh, and it was just poorly executed, that's all. Yeah. But if, after if, it, if it gets pulled off and they score, we're probably both going, well, what, a, what a genius play. Everyone would have been saying that. But. Yeah. Well, after that point, you felt it was game over and they had to push the envelope. Otherwise, they did that, which led to that Lynette error. Addo Carr swoops on it, gets the offload to Scott, pushes out to 30, and then again later on, the fitting conclusion with seven to go. The big three run that nice in-out play. Harris picks up the loose ball off the ground, throws it at Addo Carr, 34 to six, and... I think you probably summed it up best in saying that Melbourne want to win everything, and even at the end there, they got the penalty, they chewed the extra time, they made sure that they finished off with the football. Yeah, they just got they got an art of war mentality in that they just even with a minute to go, you know, they wanted to defend that set on their line to keep the Cowboys out, and then it got to a point. I think yeah, well, Granville dragged. 
Cronk back into the in goal. It was a penalty. And if you watch closely, Smith goes over to Cronk and says, just wind the clock down here because we want to finish with the ball. And it's just that mentality that they do. They want to win every little battle within within a game. And uh, and I thought it was fitting that they, they finished up with the ball. And I just love that about them. That's why... You know, it's a lot of like you said. A lot of people don't like them, but a lot of people don't like them because they're so good. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't like them. I don't support them, but I, uh, I definitely respect them, and I do enjoy watching them play. But just overall, fitting for the whole season, twenty of twenty four yeah. games, all those like a lot of guys, team of the year. Uh, you know, it would have been a massive disappointment for them not to win that oh, grand final. Huge, huge minor premiership, Dalian medal, yeah. all these records for all these big three players. They won another Origin series, Billy's comeback, Munster's coronation, all these young guys that have basically in their first season or barely played any games. Nelson, Stimson, Cohen played some games. Croft, Hughes, Smith. Uh, before your eyes, not only have they got a very young side around those couple of guys and a few forwards, they've flipped the roster almost. They're, prepared, they're prepared for the future, which is the more scary point for me moving forward. But in summarising the dominance in this game, we talked about last week, the Cowboys can complete all they want. They're playing the team that's the best completion side in the comp. They were number one in defence. They were number one in attack. So they both completed at 89. Uh, average set metres, it was 48 to 38. So Melbourne were winning the middle there. Um, you know, the errors were basically exactly the same. Melbourne weighed one more. But the stats that tell you what you've done with the ball, when we talk about completions, they don't matter unless you do something with the football. Melbourne, seven line breaks to two, 15 offloads to three. They did a lot more with the football than the Cowboys did, and that led to the six tries and forcing those couple of errors when Cowboys had to get desperate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the only kind of moment, and I've seen people get it being a bit salty again, they're bringing up the out of car moment. The rule's there. If you said that you ran into the ref and that stops play, everyone would run into the ref as soon as someone makes a line break to bring it back. It's If you've got the ball and he ran into the ref out of car, then it gets brought back for a scrum and it goes territorial to the attacking team. But Martin... Did I think the referee got in the way? I think he did. I think he was in a shit position, but he's got to be somewhere. It was totally accidental. Do I think Martin ran into the referee on purpose? I don't think so. I think, I think it was just incidental he, contact. I think the way he hit the ground, you can't tell he me. He dived. Didn't try to milk he, it. he milked the contact, but I don't think he deliberately tried to run into the ref. Do I think he would have made the tackle? I don't know. I, you, no one will ever know. I tend to think no because there were three or four players that missed out our car before that, before Martin was coming across to cover it. I don't have an issue with it. And a lot of people that saying that, oh, I should have been pulled up. Okay. So then when every line break happens, you just run into the ref and we'll, we'll pull the player. Spoke about. It's one of these rules, so, again, that clubs will yeah. expose. So yeah. let's put it this way. More happened than happy with that it was a dominant result. There's no ref bashing here at all. There's no excuse for anybody to point the finger and say we were robbed. They won the penalty count. That one little moment, but Melbourne blew them off the park, plain and simple. They were the dominant team all year. This was their premiership to lose, as many had said, but mm-hmm. they didn't. They won it. So um, I think, yeah, moving forward next year, the Cowboys have got a lot to look forward to. They've had yeah, massive... Providing everyone can come back and stay yeah, fit. but massive growth in key players that were accelerated. Morgan's acceleration with the situation he was put under... Uh, Hess coming into grade, playing Origin, etc. Tamalolo stepping up to the plate. You bring in Jordan McLean from Melbourne next year, along with Scott and Thurston, possibly, I'm pretty sure, not playing rep football. That's a hell of a side. Um, and it's yeah. going to free up Tamalolo and Hess to be used more as weapons. Good middles there, replacing Tama, who they never really did, and getting Scott back, hopefully healthy and firing. I think them and the Roosters, plus Melbourne again. Um, people forget... Star this year, Proctor Corabidi, no Slater as well. I was a little bit worried. Felice Cafusi was only playing 10, 15 minutes off the bench last year. He's now made the Australian side. Yeah, I thought he should have, should have played for Queensland yeah. this year. But... Addo Carr, nine games before he got there. Another one. They've just He's... come in seamlessly and replaced. And then 
what I said before, Melbourne's turned this side over before your very eyes. Mm. Uh, next year, they lose three very good players in Cooper Cronk, Tohu Harris, and Jordan McLean. But this year, we've already seen Kenny Bromwich play in the back row, and we've seen Joe Stimson play and score like a match winning against the Roosters. One of those guys is going to take that back row spot of Harris as much as I love him. Um, you look at Cronk, I honestly, it's no knock on him. I thought the back end of last year, especially the finals, I didn't think he was that great. And this year, I thought he was distracted the whole time. He's been an outstanding player, absolutely outstanding. But the way Croft played in his few games, if Cooper's head's not there, I've got no problem with us getting Croft in with what I've seen so far. No, I agree. And then the other player there, people are going with McLean's a big loss. I like McLean, but I honestly think if you're going off consistency, I don't know if he's a New South Wales and an Australian player for me before Vaughan, Campbell, Gillard, and Upper. I think he's a good footballer. But we've still got Jesse Bromwich, Tim Glasby, Nelson Asafa Solomona, and they've got the Bulldogs paying half of Cassio's, Cassiano's money. So I look at the three guys that are leaving the side, and then all the young kids they've blooded this year. This is a young team. Mm. And they've still got backups in Hughes, who can play fullback and has been re-signed long-term. Brandon Smith, Croft, like we spoke of, Stimson, like this. They're in a really good situation, Melbourne. Um, yeah, I agree. Don't know about winning another comp, but I don't see them going away from being around the top four and being a bit of a menacing side. So well done to the Melbourne Storm winning the Premiership in 2017 and full credit to the Cowboys, who no doubt will be back bigger and better in season 2018. But that's a summary of the grand final, Boxhead. Mm-hmm. So what do you reckon? Do these questions and we'll have a quick chat about the Aussie side? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, for the end of the year, we're just going to do all the questions. But next year, we're going to try and uh, streamline things a bit, aren't we? Yeah, we are. In terms of uh, questions, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just for everybody listening, again, like it's, we love answering all the questions, but sometimes we repeat because we don't get to read them during the day because we're both working, etc. If you're going to post something up next year, maybe just try and have a quick read if you're posting later and see if someone's... Well, we're not going to... Basically, we're not going to answer repeat questions. No. And we're going to time it. We're going to have a timer, <laughs> probably 10 minutes... Well, maybe 20 minutes worth of questions, uh, and that'll be it next yeah. year. So it's going to be. It does be... get a little bit monotonous, both for us, and I understand that it gets a little bit uh, yeah. monotonous for people listening we, as well. So Yeah, we get questions because obviously we're reading money at that time. That... And we do want to answer everyone's question. And yeah. also, shorten the questions up. Some of them are essays. Yeah. So we, if you uh, want a question answered, bang, make it short and sweet. We love doing a long show for everybody, but at the same time, if you get 40, 50 minutes of just repeat, it. Yeah, it does get quite. Yeah, it bores the shit out of yeah, and other people listening. Bores the shit out of me. Yeah, but we've got messages from people that listen as well, saying as well that they can get a bit lost in the questions segment. But yeah, uh, final questions for this year. Greg Milburn, love the podcast, boys. Easily the best available. One question: Two years in a row, the New South Wales team has touted the Queensland winner on Grand Final Day. Is the standard better in the New South Wales Cup than Queensland? No, I don't think so. I think if I the do. sunny coast. No, I think if the sunny coast come through like they should have with yeah Brodie Croft etc. in that side. Well, he played they for play East, Penrith. He played for East Tigers. Ah, uh, sorry, Sunshine Coast. Um, who was who was a player injured then for Sunny Coast? Nobody. Nobody. All right. They East Tigers. Well, it's a game. Look, watching that Grand Final, it's a game that PNG shouldn't have won. That look, don't get me wrong, they deserve to win, but. You play that game 10 times, I think they win it once or twice, and Sunny Coast had come through, and they would have given Penrith a better game, in my opinion. I still think Penrith win easily, and the reason I think the New South Wales Cup's better is because they're linked to more NRL clubs, so there's more guys playing in reserve grade. Q Cup, the three Queensland clubs plus Melbourne try to spread their players out to make things a bit more even, but the bottom end usually gets hammered a lot worse than what they do on the top. And I think occasionally there's a gun side, uh, that we saw Ipswich the other year, um, we saw that Mackay side for North Queensland, which was more like the Penrith one. It had like 10 guys that were legit NRL yeah. players. But I think overall, I still think the New South Wales Cup's better. Uh, Matty Bishop, have you boys watched the game? Rewatched the game yet? Storm just laying in the right, killing the momentum the Cowboys could have had as refs were never going to get whistle-happily. In saying that, the Storm way too clinical, too good. 
Well, Matt, I don't know. I disagree. Watch it in. Um, yeah. Watch well. it on mute. Watch it without. Uh, you know, a sort of a biased opinion as much as you can. I know it's difficult, but I thought the ruck was just not to say bad. that he supports either side. But yeah, watch it. I, look, I think the Cowboys got away with just as much as what Melbourne did. I, I thought the game was poorly refereed. I, if you go and watch every finals game, and you can on Fox League, record all of them, and I'd love to know a stat on how many penalties were given in the first 10 minutes of every finals game. There's nine finals games, and I would say there would have been less than 10 penalties given in those nine games in the first 10 minutes. The referees just put the whistle in the pocket, which was a total change from the regular season. And I, Look, I, think, I thought the Cowboys really laid all over the ruck as much or, or if not worse than what Melbourne did. Yeah, well, again, I'm just reading all the comments under, and it's people just attacking Melbourne. They're the worst in the ruck, blah, blah, blah. Well, one, two, yeah, like there's a lot of comment about the one, two, three peel, but you also need to understand that if it's a, if it's a surrender tackle, a one, two, three peel is legal, and a, a one, two, three peel isn't uh, when, uh, when two players get off connected by an arm. That's a, that's a one, two peel. So I, I think a lot of people get confused about the technicalities of, of the ruck. Um, well, I think, again, it's just a... And it's also very difficult for the Cowboys to control Melbourne's ruck when the Melbourne forwards were just finding their front. Yeah, and they did hold on for dear life and try to. They were. But, yeah. And, again, they won the penalty count, so I don't know... I've I got no idea how they won the penalty count. Like, ridiculous they won the penalty count. And, the, and their, one was a spear tackle that they had to give, and one was a Granville drag back that he had to give. So there was really only one... 50-50 well, penalty. The one, you should have got. They didn't get That's, that one. Which one? He should have got that one. But I'm saying the two of the three that they got, oh, how many did they get? Four. No, they got three. The, three. One, the one that wasn't that bad was the Munster one, but that was almost like making up for the bad Yeah, okay, but, but the other two they had to give. Yeah, had to, 100%. Uh, Bo Anderson, what are some rule changes or interpretations of the ruck that could be introduced next year to make the game better? Would you like your thought on five-minute simming? We've talked about a million times. Yeah, we'd love that. Uh, attacking kicks from inside 30, not being penalised for going dead with a seven-tackle set. Just piss the seven-tackle set off. Simple, get rid of it. Actually penalising, not playing the ball with a foot. Well, fuck, good luck with that. Yeah, well, yeah, they, nobody yeah. plays the ball I don't mind foot. that, but they've got to be consistent oh, with it. You'd be 30 a game, though. Um, well, they wouldn't be. You'd, yeah, in one game, and then everyone would get the message. He's actually playing like that, and players diving for voluntary tackles out of the in goal. Well, everybody does that as well yeah. to get on the ground so they don't get dragged in. So. I don't. Know. I don't mind if they said if you dive on the ground and surrender, that players are allowed to pick them up. But again, then it becomes a safety issue. Yeah, they get dropped or thrown. Technically, yeah. held as soon as you hit the ground. Uh, return to one ref. No, you know, it's, it's not, not going to happen. happen. And blatant forward pass going to the video ref. I don't mind that. I don't mind if it's a blatant forward pass. The bunker being able to overturn it. Yeah, I agree with that. Just get the call right. Matteo Grasso says here, great work all year. Your podcast really makes the footy more enjoyable. It's great to have unbiased or pretty close to unbiased opinions from blokes who know what they're talking about. Keep it up. Cheers, mate. Uh, apart from the storm this year, was the comp a little disappointing, especially the GF. All the other teams fell over, which allowed the Cowboys into the big dance, and they looked out of their depth. Yeah, he's just repeated basically what yeah, I've said. Which teams do you think are most disappointing? Well, the Roosters is oh. the one that were disappointing anyone, and the Sharks never pulled their finger out all year and had a pretty good side. I could say the 15 teams below Melbourne all had some degree of disappointment. The two biggest disappointments for me are still Canberra and Penrith, because I thought they were stacked. And Penrith barely got into the finals and never pulled it together all year, and Canberra just said, oh... People are slowing down the ruck. People have found it, figured out how we play. Well, change how you fucking play. Yep. Melbourne doing other teams every year. What are you any different for, Ricky Stewart? Mm-hmm. Oh, Hodgson's not getting a dummy half. People are slowing down our forwards. Get fitter. Change the way you play. Get your halves more involved. No one else's fault but your own. Plenty of talent there, though. Declan James, in regards to Adakar's first try, I know the referee impeded. Uh, could be looked as both a milking of a penalty or an obstruction by an official or as a legitimate case of the ref impeding the attempt to tackle. 
Either way, in union, the referee would call a scrum for the attacking team as he's been directly or indirectly involved in impeding the defending side from making a tackle that may alter the course of the game. Surely it's common sense for the play to be brought back for a scrum. Then again, common sense is a dead thing. Just a thought. Well, the rule is the rule. It's been there for a long time for that reason. If you're the ball carrier and you touch the referee, it comes back. Otherwise, he can't disappear. Um, He can't go anywhere. Was Martin disadvantaged? You could possibly say that. Did he change his line? I don't know. Did I thought he milked the contact because he was running full steam and the ref was backpedaling? He still fell over. Like and also, this cards. is why we love league, not union. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to and go the Rhinos. And like you just said before, what happens every time there's a line break then? People just touch the ref and we have a pack of scrum, do they? Yeah, I don't like oh, it. It's not happening. Look, the Rhinos, uh, I'd love to see Cass win, and I'm a Rhinos fan. I yeah. think Rhinos dominance. I'd love to see a Cass Melbourne World Club challenge. I reckon it'd be interesting. Yeah. Here's a few things you might want to discuss for next year. Well, we've changed basically a lot of these things before. Abolish the seven-tackle set we've talked about. Five-minute sim minute we've talked about. This is Simon Robig. Plenty of these things, mate, we've talked about before. I uh, agree with his, I agree with the competition point system with yeah, the well, three. Well, we'll get back to that in a sec. He's got removed the penalty for a deliberate act of a dummy half throwing the ball into a offender lying on the ground. Well, again, every team does that. But they just pin it. It's pretty annoying. I can agree with that. Uh, not playing the ball with their foot. We've spoken about that a million times. It should be a penalty, but none of them do it. So they've basically just let it turn into a touch football champion. Says his nine-year-old son got pulled up for it this year for not playing the ball correctly, and rightfully so, because he just stepped over it. But um, Mate, it's just one of those things. They've let it go for too long now, and about 80% of the players in the NRL will do it. But what you were saying before, he says he changed the competition point system to three points for a win, none for a loss, and a drawn game after 81 point to each team, and then one to the winner after golden point. Drawn after golden point, one and a half points each. No, nah, what they need to do, three for a normal time win, two for a golden point win, one for a golden point loss, and none for a loss, an 80-minute loss. I think it's pretty straightforward. Very easy. Win's worth two. Draw after golden point is worth one. A win after golden point still worth two, and a loss you get nothing. No, I think three, two, one. I like, like, I like my system. I like keeping it on the twos and just the one there if you get the draw, but... Uh, Duncan Bridgeford, does the Clive Churchill medal really have any credibility? Last year, Fafita was clearly the best on ground. Surely Smith was far more deserving than Slater on Sunday. No, I disagree. Well, I think this year was a little more open, and even Toho Harris had an outstanding game. So did uh, Dale Finuka. Yeah, he scored a try, 30-plus tackles, good kick pressure. I Billy, I don't know why everyone... I've seen a lot about this, people blowing up. Billy diffused everything at the back. He had a hand in two of the tries. He laid one of mine and he scored one. Smith kicked really well. He got a dummy half plenty, but he also got a seven-tackle set and a few bits and put. I don't really understand why this one's such a big blight for everyone. And I'm a Melbourne fan. Uh, if anyone was going to can whinge or complain or say I thought someone was better, between those two and Harris, I was happy either way. I really was. I, I thought Slater was the best player on the field. Last year is a blight, 100%. Because last year was the last year's not a blight. Last year was... It was personal. Uh, yeah, but... That comes back to Fafita being a dickhead. It does, but he was the best on ground. So you want to talk about credibility for an award. Yeah, okay. That was more of a big issue. Well, yeah, really. The NRL should have just ruled him out of playing in the finals. Yeah, but people yeah. blowing up about this year, I don't know what everyone's so cut up about. Like, I honestly thought it could have gone to two or three other guys as well. So Yeah, it's probably people talking with their pocket. Yeah, well, Slater, like I said, handed everything. Smith kicked well, ran, but yeah. The TAB held an absolute mint, mint. on Smith. Yeah, shortest favourite ever. Mm. Chris Hughes, appreciate the work every week, boys. I've learned a lot more about league from the podcast than having a lifetime so far of TV commentary. Much appreciated. Said you'll probably cover it, but thoughts on the Aussie squad? We will do that later on, mate. And a couple of incumbents that have been favoured over form again. And he said, thoughts on Tony Romo as NFL commentator. I've been really appreciating the insights he's provided. Yeah, he's good. He, they called um, 
I think they called the Falcons game this. Oh no, they didn't call the Falcons game this week. They called the he called the Packers game. They called Thursday night as well. I, yeah, I like him. Yeah, no, we've got another one here. Ian says, can we all recognise that Cameron Smith deserved the Clive Churchill medal? No. From a hooker. Roll it down. Let's yeah. move on. Sorry, Ian, but, yeah, we've already answered it. Stephen Moorcroft was under 20s GF better than the NRL GF. In my eyes, it was a more thrilling game. Plus, with the issues at the Broncos, do you think it's a good idea for them to sign Todd Carney and deal with him like Marshall? Mm. Well, they've yeah. already scrapped that they're going to sign they um, probably should, but because they're going to need a half. Otherwise, they're not going to be in the conversation next year. No yeah, way well, in the world. They've basically flicked the idea already, and the under 20 is better. Well, like, it was better in terms of the finish. It was close to finish, I but not better game. No. Still pretty poor. There was yeah. plenty of errors by Parrot. Wasn't that exciting? Zach Moss, do you think Billy will or should play on? Uh, would you like to see Cronk play in Sydney and who for? Cheers for the great season. Uh, I think Billy should play on. Cronk, I, I think he will play on. Oh, well, I, I don't think he'll play on, but I think he should. Cronk, I, I've said all along, I think he'll play on. I don't know who for. I just don't see. He's got the money, and I don't think he will. I think he'll end up retiring. Uh, Jay Smith, Morris behind will hunt thoughts. Well, we spoke about that before. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, and NBA preseason starting at the moment. Lots of changes to lineups. Any teams you're looking forward to seeing? No, I think it'll be more of the same. I think it'll be Cavs Warriors. Yep. Jamie Dutton, overall rating of the GF, atmosphere, entertainment, etc. If bad, what do you think can be changed? Great work this year, fellas. Look forward to next year. Uh, I, the big blight is the bullshit gap between the State Cup game and the NRL. Two hours. The pre, pre-game entertainment. I'll be happy for him just to can the pre-game entertainment. Just um, get the game on. Just get the game on. Uh, or if they're going to do it, they've got to do it quicker than what they did. Like I, I attended the Super Bowl and the halftime show, they, they, they set it up. Packed it up, and and that this is at half time. Set it up, had the show, packed it up in forty minutes. It took the NRL an hour to set up that stage and all that sort of stuff um, on Sunday night. The performance then goes for twenty minutes, and it takes them you know another twenty to pack it all up again. I, I don't get it. I, well, I don't get it. And 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 the the, the stuff with the um, retiring players and all that sort of stuff, like it's nice, and I get it, but shorten it up. If you're going to do the pre-game thing, build a stage in the stadium. Build a stage at one end. I, I, I don't know. I, it's to me, it, it takes takes too much time. Well, the two-hour gap is the main thing. I thought the first two games they get the president done on and off. That's all well and good. But the two-hour gap between Cup and the NRL Grand Final is way too big. If you're at the ground, because if you're not interested, it's getting in to the point now where I'll, I'll just go. At the moment, I'll just drive in for the main game because that gap is just too big. Well, at the ground it is, because if you're not interested in the entertainment, and I thought Macklemore was brilliant. It was great. Yeah. It was great, but watching people set up and the few things they kind of rush through, the two-hour gap is way too long just to sit around. Everybody gets bored, food yeah. lines are packed, like all that kind of stuff gets hectic at that time because nobody wants to be sitting around waiting for two hours. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they just need to cut that gap down, I reckon. Uh, we've got here, Tom Douglas, how good is Chambers? Loves a hard carry of his own end and doesn't mind putting a shot on a lippy opponent. Is he a bit underrated? The man is deadly. Well, he's not underrated in our eyes, that's for sure. He's said it many, multiple times. He's the best center in the comp, easily. Yeah. Um, if I was going to sign one outside back, uh, or a center winger, he'd be the first player I'd sign. Yeah, well, we said it the other day and it happened today. He, he will be the only genuine center I'd pick for Australia, and he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jordan Palmer, do you think Billy was the clear winner for the CC medal? Yes. Yeah, well, I had no problem with it. Thoughts on yeah, Harris? But if Smith got it, I wouldn't have been upset either. No, I thought, that's what I'm saying. splitting hairs. not very No, big just gap. get over it. Thoughts on Harris or Kafusi? Well, not Kafusi. He scored that nice try, but he didn't do much. No, Harris could have been a contender. Harris was brilliant early on and did a lot of good stuff during the game. There was a couple of rucks he slowed down, a couple of runs that were really important. 
Uh, but no, if the grand final didn't prove that Chambers is the best centre in the comp and deserve to win at Dalian Wards, I don't know what will. We agree. I'll sum this up for everybody out there that's blowing up out their Dalian's, all right? It's owned by Fairfax. It's voted on by the journos. If the player in that position is not in the top 10, it's subjective to a bunch of peanuts sitting in a room. So it's a crock of shit. I How Aaron be... Woods was proper the year? Let's just move that's on. That's what I'm getting on. So Come on. anyone out there thinking that that's like oh, a big man. deal, it's really not. Who, got, who won centre of the year? Dylan Walker. Where? Which I thought, well, I, look, I can cop that. Next best, if not Chambers. I don't I have a big problem that. with that. But yeah, like Aaron Woods over Campbell Gillard and a bunch of other guys is ridiculous. So the journos over Paul right. Vaughan. Yeah, but even just in general, I just explain that to the people that that's how the system is, and they're going, "Oh, it goes and off." How many how many games did Campbell Gillard play off the bench just quietly? Oh, only the back end of the year. Well, there you go. So, so how do you how are you interchange Player of the Year when you didn't play the whole year off yeah. the interchange? Take the take shit. the Dalliums with a grain of salt. Usually, the only award they do get right is the Dallium itself, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, who have we got now? Luke Greenhag. He says top contenders for next year based on their squads and any rumours on Manly signings due to the times of Matt Einstein. Roosters Cowboys. Yeah, Roosters Cowboys. Tedesco. Melbourne will be around because they're going to have two of the big three. Still got the same coach. And as we've just said, they've rebuilt. Excellent. They're going to be in the top four. Yeah. Well, basically those other two of the big ones. Just Tedesco the and the Roosters boost them up big time and then they're getting back JT, Scott, plus McLean. And outside so. of that, I don't know. You've got Penrith, Para, Canberra. Brisbane Sharks Brisbane that are dropped. all sort of they're all sort of fluffing around in the same sort of echelon for me. I think Cowboys, Rooster Storm will be the clear three next yeah. year. And Manly signings, they basically have upgraded a few people. No, I don't think. I they've think Manly got, are in that group as well. They've got Tawafal Sipley come from the Warriors. He was a cup player. The only signing they're looking at making is one they haven't made yet, which is they're pushing to get Joel Thompson off uh, the Dragons because they've got a lot of back rows and they're possibly considering letting him go. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Sean Radloff, great year, lads. Was awesome listening to you guys this year. Ben Hunt and the Aussie squad is backup hooker, question mark. Yeah, well, Craziness. I wouldn't have picked him. We, Munster Morgan covered that well enough. As backup hooker. We don't need Come a backup on. hooker. You don't. You just carry those two. I wouldn't have even picked friend. I would have picked Munster, Morgan, yeah. and just go, meh, move on. on. Daniel Hollands, as a fan of both teams, would like to know what is worse, the Bulldogs attack or the Patriots defense? Well, Bulldogs attack. Considering the Patriots have won five Super Bowls, I'd definitely look at the attack more so of the Bulldogs because yeah. they didn't win any comps even the two GFs are in. Justin Bear, was that the most boring grand final ever? No. For the last 20, it was pretty boring. Manly get, oh, sorry, Melbourne getting beat by 40 in 08 was the worst grand final ever because yeah. that didn't even have a moment. It was where a it reflection like. of the gap between the, the best team and the other 15, as we've said all year. Yeah. Daniel Ayalu says, what do you think of Munster's best position is going forward, assuming Slater is retired by this point? Well, six at the moment. When Slater retires, it'll be one. Well, Unless Jerome Hughes slots from in From what Frank Panisi said the other day, they're very big on Hughes possibly playing fullback. Oh, but Hughes fine. has also played a lot of six. So either or either. Uh, honestly, I don't think they can go wrong. But I, I reckon long-term, probably fullback is his best spot and Hughes is probably better at six. Uh, Andrew Wales says, any rule changes for next year? I'd like seven tackles to go. Yep, Cowboys have to be favourites in his opinion. Whoa. Well. We've no. talked about the seven tackles thing all year that we want to see it go. But other than that, too many rules, stop changing everything. Let's try and simplify things, not fucking complicate Yeah, let's take things. rules away, not add them. Yeah, and Cowboys, I think them and the Roosters, like we've said. Chris uh, Taliafara says, if Scott and Thurston were fit, is the Cowboy, do the Cowboys win? No. Well, they didn't win it last year with those guys in, so yeah, I'm with Brock. Jason Johnson, do you guys think getting rid of the 20s is a bad decision? I think they should have stayed. We're not getting rid of it, it's just going to state-based. Yeah, it's been changed, that's all. Jack uh, Neymar, Mike Wines has not to do with the GF, but thoughts on the Aussie squad. We'll address that when we're done with the questions, champion. Paul Kramer wasn't the most underwhelming. No, it wasn't the most underwhelming GF of all time. John Samikas happy for Slater and Kronk, but he's not happy for Smith. Johnny Juice, 
Not a fan of Smith, mate. And we'll finish up. A lot with, of Smith hate going on. Ah, oh, there's plenty of Smith hate. I think it's more getting to the point that you've made multiple times that uh, people aren't big fans of the Queensland side of it. Chris Hemsworth says, has there been a more dominant display for an entire season by one side? Absolute class above. Deserve all the accolades. And he says he's an Eels fan and he feels it's an injustice that there's marks on 07 and 09. Those players and coaches deserve to be four-time premiers. Well, but the NRL can't endorse a team that cheated to form those squads. No, but my so, only argument here, and like I said... Those players went out and won the game, yes. hack on the players and the coach. They didn't assemble this. Like, the players played. They did that. They did not the ones who put the squad together. And it was put together by Brian Waldron and Peter O'Sullivan. So I'm not going to say it's legit because simple. Plain and simple, they cheated. But can you take it away from the players? No, they won the game. They've got the rings in their mind, in their eyes. Their yeah, premiership. We've, we've spoken about it before. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Arian says Storm wrestle the best hence the best team can't beat them join them I say what do you think well everyone is trying to copy them everyone wrestles that's Emmanuel. the downfall and Emmanuel everyone wrestles we spoke about this a million times as well everyone's got a wrestling coach turf L16 do it everyone just loves to point the finger at Melbourne uh, Buckstar Slade Griffin I hear he's signed with the Knights I haven't seen much of him what are your thoughts on him as a player Good player. Good player, solid, can play a bit like Hinchcliffe. He can play that tight role. He can play as a nine. Bellamy's kept me around forever despite all these injuries. He's been there for seven years because they just love him that much. And um, he'll fit right in at Newcastle. He's a great kind of guy to have around your group. And he says, what's with the refs being booed at the presentation? I thought they officiated pretty well. It's gutless in my view. Shit part of our sporting culture, unfortunately. Yeah. Point Dexter, you boys enjoy the game. Prefer closer games and 28-point blowouts, but that's me. Also, to the other 15 clubs, step up your game next year. Agree. Well, that sums up, mate. And uh, any early thoughts on teams next year? Dragons to improve with Hunt, Bronx to downturn, Cowboys to win it all. Well, Hmm. Dragons get Ben Hunt, but you've still got the depth issue. Broncos, I think, go backwards, and Cowboys will be right there. Nick Beckers, these boys... Oh, sorry. Rumor. Tyron Roberts leaving the Titans. Disappointing in the trajectory the club has taken since signing Jane, as in Haney's got there. Taya, McQueen, and Roberts gone. These boys are instrumental in our finals run last year. How do we stop the rock? Well, number I one... I don't know the answer to that. Don't hire Laurie Daly, and it's getting stronger and stronger that that's happening. So, where? What are your thoughts on that? No one's brought that up. What do you mean? What, you know what my thoughts are. I know you thought... But honestly, if they have... Seriously, this board, Frizzell, all these people, if they think that is the move... Neil Henry's a better coach than Laurie Daly. Oh, but honestly, how how can they be? I'm I'm lost for words. They're fucking brain dead. Honestly, I'm literally, they've got no idea. If that's what happens, they've got no idea. Um, no idea. Yeah, I'm... the club's got no fucking idea. Yeah. When you sight when you sack your coach over a player who is playing like a donkey, who's on one point however million a year. That the clubs are shambled. They're a laughing stock. The only jersey we, we do our little thing every year when we go to the grand final, try and find sixteen jerseys, and there's been no year where we haven't been able to find all jerseys before we enter the stadium. This year we couldn't find a Titans jersey all day until after the grand final. That's how scarce the Titans jersey was in NRL land. So I think there's bigger issues for the Titans. If they get this coach wrong, the club is dead. The club will fail on the Gold Coast. They will fold up, they'll be packed well, up, and they'll be shipped off. I was about to say, I don't want to stir So them. to Laurie Daly, like, no yeah. offence to Laurie Daly. None. Zero offence yeah. to Laurie Daly. I don't rate him as a coach. What he did at Origin was poor. He's not the answer for the Gold Coast Titans. The Gold Coast, I'd, I'd rather him sign Des Haslam, and that's saying something, because yeah. I think Des Haslam needs time off. But there's a difference, and I've said this before. I think is... Michael Maguire is, is the man. He, he ha- they have to do everything they can to get Michael Maguire up This there. is what's fucking killing me, and I don't get it. He can't coach three games with the best so players how coach and win. So how, he doesn't do recruitment. He doesn't watch it. Like, how's he going to pull all this together? He's never run a club. I don't know. Like, people that are going, do you think it's... like? 
Yeah, but okay, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to uh, bag Gordon Tallis, but how Gordon Tallis is on there picking our next coach, I don't know either. No. Like it's just a zoo up there. Oh, I've got he's gone from being an ambassador that drives a car around, that sticks his finger in the Broncos, Cowboys, Titans, wherever the whole, wherever his finger best fits for that week, and then now he's on a, now he's on a committee that's going to select our next coach. Like fucking really? Well, most important, like I said, if the Titans, it's as simple as what I said before. He's not able to handle three games, plays in camp, confrontations, telling players they're not going to be playing or start from the bench, etc. How are you going to run a whole club, top 25, recruitment, juniors, identification? They're an embarrassment. That sums up. Don't make me angry. It's October. Emmanuel, again, your thoughts on Aaron Woods as prop of the year? That's making me just as angry. Aaron Woods as prop of the year, please. He wasn't in the... I could name 10 props that played better than him this year. 100%. And numbers... Cable Gillard was one of them. Seen plenty of people go, look at the numbers. Don't mean shit. Oh, numbers. What do they even mean? Please. Numbers... Don't sum up effectiveness all the time. Don't always look at the mm. numbers. Simon Fraser, what kind of sick world are we living in when Aaron Woods burgles a World Cup spot but Josh Jackson is overlooked? Yeah, oh, look, I wouldn't have picked Jackson either, but I would have picked Jackson 100 times before I picked Woods. Yeah, but if we're looking at tight edge players champion, some of the guys that are there, Wade Graham, etc., like it's it's hard a spot to get into. But the fact that Aaron Woods is supposedly rated as our top prop, and I'm assuming he's going to start, is absolute insanity. Yeah, all right, that's it. The last one is Mitch Madley. Hey, boys, have you seen the Australian squad? We're about to talk about it. What has Josh Jackson done to Mal? Felice comes in after a very good year, but surely Jackson is ahead in the pecking order. Why does Mal reward Dugan for feeder and Woods all at the state down different ways? And then Maloney, who has been pretty average this whole year. I'm disappointed in frustration, and there's no consequence for poor picks and a pretty weak uh, World Cup squad. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree with most of that. Again, I'll, Jackson I wouldn't have picked, but I agree that if he should be there ahead of those guys that you've highlighted, but it comes down to positional breakdown and how many in each position you can take. So. I'll bring up one thing out of all this that people bring. He said that form would trump incumbency for this World Cup, which in a lot of ways I don't think it has. But at the end of the day, they've picked the squad. So let's go through this squad and thank you for all your questions for this year. Um, but the last part we're going to do here is this Australian squad. So I've broken it down, the 25 they've picked. So outside backs, specifically Billy Slater, Will Chambers, Josh Dugan, Dane Gagai, Valentine Holmes, and Trebojevic. So they've basically gone all fullbacks that have the ability to play centre wing. Obviously, Gagai plays more exclusively as a centre winger at club. All the other blokes don't. Chambers is the only genuine centre, but obviously can play wing. And Billy's a pure number one. Yeah, so um, it's going to be Chambers and Dugan. The but centers. then you look at their halves, and they've got more cover again here. Cooper Cronk's obviously a genuine seven. Hunt can be six, seven, nine, but I don't understand his spot when you've also got Maloney as a six and a seven. Morgan Munster-Smith. Morgan and Munster, to me, cover the bench utility if you need someone to play nine, and you've got halves, fullback, center, lock. They cover a lot of positions. So I think we've probably gone too heavy. In- so they've picked Ben Hunt for the Lebanon game, basically. I think we've just picked way too heavy when we've got two guys there that cover a lot of those spots. Like the utilities, um, yeah, and Smith's your only genuine nine. And then you look at the forwards, Boyd Cordner, Andrew Fafita, Tyson Brazil, Matulet, Wade Graham, Felice Cafusi, David Clemmer, Josh Maguire, Jordan McLean, Jake Jaboyevich and Aaron Woods. Well, it's no-brainer. Cordner and Gillette are your back row. You'd assume the lock's going to be Maguire. Well, that's what I'm assuming they're going to pick. The starting front row, I thought he would have went with Clemmer and Napa, especially after the Origin Merit squad, which clearly doesn't mean anything because Woods wasn't even in it. Um, but somehow now he's probably going to be starting front row. And he was the captain of the PMs 11, mm. uh, 13, sorry. We're talking about form. Feeder and Woods are out for me. RCG and Vaughan are in. Yeah, and even again, if not... And if not, Napa. And again, I'm a Melbourne man. It's not because he's leaving. I said it at the start of the year. The fact that McLean was 18th for New South Wales and Australia, obviously the selectors have got a big opinion of him. I think he's and good. And Felice Cafusi's obviously bumped Papali. Well... 
the one thing here, there's always usually a bolter, but I don't know how you can really knock that. Um, but again, he's not going to be playing in the final. No. Well, he may if there's injuries. So but... if you're looking at guys that have missed out, I think the two glaring ones here are Woods and Fafita's form, if anyone. Um, the two front rowers. And I'm with you. Campbell, Gillard, Napa, Vaughan. Probably the three I'd consider there. People are saying about Jackson. You look at those other guys that play tight and edge, like Wade Graham's more versatile. You've got Gillette. You've got Frizzell that plays middle and edge. Um, Trebojevic kind of plays in that middle role. Like You don't need another guy like that. Papali's the one that's interesting because Mal had him always in origin as that bench guy again that plays tight in the middle mm. uh, and an edge, but he's not there. Um, the Harbs, Maloney, Hunt, like I honestly think we've been better served carrying maybe like someone like a Cleary for the experience because no offence, playing for your country should be the ultimate order, but let's be honest, it's tougher to play origin than it is to play for Australia. Oh, the origin's a tougher arena, yes. And I've said that I wouldn't pick him next year because New South Wales is just a shit fight and I don't want to ruin him, but I think this could have been a great experience for someone that's had an awesome year. And if not, Cherry Evans, as much as people hate him, would have been the other one mm. um, that I would have picked. Friend not going, I don't have a big problem with, but I still don't understand why we carry Hunt Maloney when we've already got Crump, Morgan, Munster. I think we had enough versatility to mm. cover those spots. You, only, you could have only taken one of those guys from there, not two of them. Otherwise, yeah. I would have taken Cleary or DC. Outside backs, Tedesco's the glaring one, missing from this. Um, I know the back end of the year wasn't that great, and he dropped Ferguson, and he said that was due to form. But uh, How you pick Dugan ahead of Tedesco will do, mate? The thing that I've also got screwed on here, like Boyd's the incumbent. I know he's in the side, uh, but I honestly thought it, thought it was kind of at the point there where they picked somebody else like a Tedesco over him, and now the injury standby, they're saying Mansour's on standby because he's a genuine winger. Well, how the fuck does Tedesco not get a run or at least play on the wing over Mansour? Mansour's outstanding in yardage, don't get me wrong, but Tedesco's a threat from the back, and he also competes for the high ball. Mansour obviously isn't confident with his knee because he got jumped over a few times. Yeah. And again, is he starting? No, I don't think he's starting. But best 17 out of all that, and those few players you mentioned that missed out, I'm assuming they're probably going to go Slater at the back, Trebojevic and Gagai on the wings, Chambers and Dugan as the centres, Munster and Cronk in the halves, or Munster and Morgan. I don't think it's really going to matter either way which they go, but they'll probably go the Melbourne spine like with Judah as the coach. Yes. All right, so again, this is not what I expect. Uh, not, uh, no, actually, I don't, well, I'd, have, I'd have Morgan. Yeah. Well, either way, I don't think it matters. One of them is going to be the 14 in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, the front row is going to yeah, be... Yeah, and then I have Munster as a 14. Front row is going to be Woods and Clamour. I have no idea, but Woods, yeah, he's going to be there somewhere some, for some reason. Smith's your nine. Your back row is Cordner, Gillette, Maguire. Best bench. Morgan is your utility. Frizzell plays tight and an edge. Fafita's going to be there because he'll have one genuine prop. And the last spot's open to interpretation, but I think he probably picks Trebojevic. So that would leave out Wade Graham, Felice Cafusi, and Jordan McLean. Mm-hmm. And then as your halves that are missing out, You've got Hunt Maloney not playing, and the only outside back pick not playing is Holmes. But he's an incumbent winger, so it's interesting to see what happens there. But I think Gagai, the way he played in Origin, is so dominant, might steal that wing spot off Holmes after the year he's had. Yeah, so, fair. Um, we both agree with a lot of people out there. There's a few that are up in the air, but honestly, uh, we'll do a little bit of World Cup next week, but not a big preview. But New Zealand going into this with foreign supposedly pulling out, no Bromwich, no Proctor. I think England's the only one that can beat us. And yeah. I still can't see that happening because I don't think they're going to pick the right squad. I, don't think, they really I think they're going to pick Heinington and a few guys that they probably shouldn't instead of picking some of these dominant guys from Cass like Mike McGeekin, etc., and taking them over. So hmm. um, I'm looking forward to watching it because it's extra football, but I still think Australia wins the World Cup. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's our thoughts on the, the World Cup squad. But is there any real one that you look at that pisses you off? I, I just think maybe carrying those two halves is a bit too much. And obviously Woods. Oh, how they yeah, how they carry Woods and Feeder and they don't pick Paul Vaughan or RCG. Like, again, form, 
Yeah, or even like seven up as Origin campaign and saying that that over overtakes all. Yeah. There's a few there. There's three, yeah, three there. I, but I you don't know, even Woods. Woods cost his team. Their set. Uh, sorry, not Woods. Well, Woods couldn't even get his team to the finals. But Fafita cost his team their season. Just not being able to follow a simple. Uh, a simple instruction when they're setting yeah, up for a field goal. Punch one in for the field goal. but So hard, I don't know. Mm. Well, there you go. Bit underwhelming at the World Cup. Set of six, grand finals, all reviewed. The big grand final, your 2017 premiers, the Melbourne Storm. Congratulations to them. Uh, dominant season and well-deserved. But we're almost done for the year, Boxhead. After yeah, uh, all your questions, that's the last fan questions for the year. So we much appreciate those. And like we said, we're going to try and streamline it next year to make things uh, flow a bit better and hopefully introduce a few more concepts but one last show next week we're going to do the fifths our award show where we name our team of the year mm-hmm. which I think is a better way to do it because we actually pick a proper team and we do it after the grand final and take all that into account also we pick our own bench and it's open so four guys that may not get into their positions unlike the Daily M's will be recognised we've got a bunch of other awards coaches etc bits and pieces um, but yeah one massive show to finish off will be our award show and our season reviews of all 16 clubs. We're going to do all that in the one hit. We're going to just load up and get it done. Because honestly, the awards, we dragged that out a little bit in the years prior, but I think we can get to that pretty quickly. Right I don't think we're going to do a big build-up and gaps in between. But Good. more importantly, you get our teams of the year. Yeah. That's the one thing a lot of people like talking about. But we don't like doing it before the finals. The finals have happened now. So thank you again for your questions. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, charity account barely got to $1,000, but we got there. Yeah. So it hasn't been the best year, but fingers crossed we can uh, get back on the bandwagon there again next year, Boxhead. Yeah. But a big thank well, you. Well, hopefully we'll get some money for the World Cup and we'll be able to add to it. Yeah, well, we're going to see what we can do with William Hill, and usually they're pretty good to us. So I'd assume that might be the go. But a big thanks must go to williamhill.com.au. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, even though it's done now, the futures, make sure you do it with William Hill. The World Cup is coming up. There's the NFL, if you like us, and obviously Spring Carnival's just started. So yeah. we've, we've been enjoying the horses the last few weeks. We have, my friend. A couple of winners, but thank you, williamhill.com.au. Make sure you bet with William Hill, not the other dinosaurs living in the past. You can bet live on your phone, and Richmond Residential, we must give them a plug as well. Uh, They're a great strategic financial management consultancy, and they deliver a broad range of highly effective wealth, creation solutions, financial strategy, home equity loans, commercial loans, home loans, debt consolidation, leasing, finance. Their professionals have a strong client focus, and their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want. They work with you. And for you, contact them on 02882 Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn or book your complimentary strategy session and visit them at Suite 415 or 13, uh, 33 Lexington Drive, Bella Vista. Yeah, well, season started in Hawaii for me. <laughs> First podcast. Well, the last two years we've been a bit mixed, haven't we? I missed Europe last year. You've gone to the US. We've come back. Yeah, well, I, still, I still bloody did the podcast, but, mate, from overseas, whereas you didn't. Well, how'd you expect me to, mate? My commitment's greater for this team. Different time zones and I was loaded. Yeah, true. You wouldn't have got much sense out of me not watching the games. All right. See you next week. There you go. Everything's summed up. Big thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for all your questions this year. Please remember, on iTunes, it only takes a couple of seconds. If you love the show, rate reviewers, Give us a five-star or go give yourself... Well, they can do it while they're listening to the show, can't they? Basically, but yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people choose not come to. On. If we're getting 15,000 listens a week and we've only got 88 reviews, come on, people. Yeah. Two seconds on iTunes. Give us five stars or give yourself a triple. Yeah. How about that? But, uh, yeah, thanks to the sponsors. Thanks for your questions. Big final show last week for the fifth and last NRL podcast 2017 season. It will be our season reviews of all 16 clubs, our awards, and we'll have a quick talk about the World Cup. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy watching replays of Rugby League, I guess. 
Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.